Welcome to Girl Scout Phraseology, a mini-series in the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience podcast, where we offer a brief description and explanation of different terms and phrases you might hear in Girl Scouting. Today, we're going to talk about color guard, which is going to lead into quite a bit of information about flag ceremonies. So color guard is a term you might be familiar with outside of Girl Scouts, but basically color guard refers to people who handle flags. And specifically in Girl Scouting, the color guard are the designated flag carriers and handlers during a flag ceremony. So let's just do some review of a flag ceremony really quickly. I am by no means the expert on these, but I just want to give you an idea of what to expect in case this is all brand new to you or if it feels really intimidating. I know for me, because I don't claim to be any kind of expert, it has been a little bit intimidating at times to try to teach my girls about flag ceremonies and proper flag honoring when I don't necessarily consider myself super knowledgeable about flag ceremonies. So it can feel a little bit intimidating because that's something that I don't really want to teach anyone, quote unquote, the wrong way to do it. Because then when they're in a city council meeting or they're at a Girl Scout event and they get asked to participate and they do something wrong, it's just a big snafu. So I have been really intimidated by it in the past, and now that I've been involved in Girl Scouts as a volunteer for a while, I am no longer intimidated by it. I feel a lot better about it, and in case you are listening to this thinking that flag ceremonies are really intimidating because they're so serious and full of respect and honor, well, I just want to break it down to make it a little bit simpler and more accessible to you. So a flag ceremony honors the American flag as the symbol of our country and all the hopes, dreams, and people that the flag represents. So if your group includes girls from other countries, we can invite them to honor their flags as well and together conduct an international flag ceremony. So there's lots of flags that could be part of a flag ceremony, but the way that we typically do it in Girl Scouts includes honoring the American flag. So flag ceremonies might be used for several different occasions, including opening or closing meetings, opening or closing special events, beginning or closing a full day, honoring a special occasion or a special person, retiring a worn flag, and flag ceremonies may take place in meeting rooms, outdoor settings, large auditoriums, on stage, or even on horseback. The American flag is carried by a color guard for protection during a flag ceremony. All flag ceremonies share one thing, and that is respect for the flag. Now, if you're not doing flag ceremonies to open and close your meetings, that is okay. You certainly do not have to. There's no requirement or even expectation that you need to do so. But if it's something that you think your girls would benefit from getting some experience with, or if they happen to love it, if you try it, then depending on your meeting space, it might be something that is easy for you to actually add into the traditions and the ceremony of opening and closing your meetings. So if you're meeting, for example, in a school auditorium or a school gym or something like that, a gym that doubles as sort of a 
cafeteria plus auditorium plus whatever. Um, they may have podiums and flags and things like that that you might want to incorporate into a flag ceremony. Flags can get a little expensive, so you might not want to necessarily invest in flags, but if you're a super well-established, long-running troop, you plan to be around for a long time, maybe even um, like my dream for my Girl Scout troop is to be a troop leader long enough that I have my kids' kids <laughs> in my troop. I know some volunteers in my council who've been around long enough to have done that, and their kids even end up then with the same troop number they had as a kid and the same troop leader. I think that is so cool and special, and even though there is also part of me that's like, are you changing and adapting along with all the changes to the program? There's also the part of me that aspires to be that type of volunteer. So, and that's not to knock any volunteers. I think the any way you do it is great. If you're a brand new volunteer with no Girl Scout experience, that's awesome. If you're a lifelong uh, volunteer who is just so ingrained in Girl Scout culture, that's awesome too. And everything in between is also cool really, really cool and special. And so <laughs> with all that being said, if you're like a really long-term established troop, then maybe you would care to invest in your own flags and to um, spend, I guess, the money and the resources on having that equipment in your troop. <clears throat> okay. If you want to do a flag ceremony, here are some guidelines. Again, I want to make flag ceremonies feel accessible to you and not feel overwhelming. So my first guideline is to keep it simple. As long as the emphasis is on respecting the flag, then you're good. And honestly, the emphasis should be on respect for the flag rather than the details or the semantics of what commands are being given or what techniques are being used in the ceremony. So as long as your emphasis is on respecting the flag, you're good. But with that being said, in your Girl Scout adventures, you may come across folks who do pride themselves on being flag ceremony pros, and they may have very specific expectations and ideas about effective flag ceremonies. Now, if you're listening to this, you may be relating to this. Maybe this is you. You really love flag ceremonies and what they stand for, and you take them very seriously. And if so, that is awesome. And I applaud you. And I just remember feeling very serious and important as a girl myself when I would participate in flag ceremonies. But one thing to keep in mind is that they're kids, and this is a learning experience, and it's more about exposure and learning, um, and learning specifically about respecting the flag and respecting the colors and the ceremony itself is just semantics. Also, if you are not a flag ceremony pro, whether you've ever even seen one or been part of one before, I just want to reiterate, don't be intimidated as it really can be very simple and straightforward. And as long as you follow some very basic guidelines, you are going to be good to go. Okay, so the next guideline I have is to be girl-led about it. Now, this can be a little bit tougher for girls who have maybe never seen a flag ceremony before, but especially as girls have attended camps and things like that, and they've witnessed flag ceremonies before, um, they'll be a little bit, it'll be a little bit easier for them to answer these questions. So you're going to want to determine with the girls, first of all, who's carrying the flags? 
Second of all, who's going to be in the color guard? And there's some overlap there, and I'm going to talk more about that in a second. So who's actually carrying the flags? Who's going to be in the color guard? Who's going to give the directions or the commands? Um, will there be singing? And if so, who's going to lead the song? Do they want to include a poem or quotation? And if so, who's saying that? And after the Pledge of Allegiance, are they going to do the promise and the law, which is super not necessary, you know, uh, not all flag ceremonies are Girl Scout specific. So obviously the promise and law are not an assumption, but um, you could incorporate the promise and the law for sure in a flag ceremony. And then what order will the ceremony follow? When will the group practice? And where will the flags be placed at the end of the ceremony? So another guideline, typically the color bearer is the member or members of the guard who actually carry the flag. Um, and so there's one color bearer per flag. So you might have multiple flags in the ceremony or you might just have the American flag. But the person who is actually carrying a flag is referred to as a color bearer. Then the color guard as a whole includes a few extra girls who will help guard and handle the colors. Now, depending on the circumstances of the color guard, this is always going to be an even number, the color guard. Um, but depending on the circumstances, like if you have to fold or unfold the flag, that's going to determine how many girls are going to be included in the color guard. So if you have a and, and how big the flag is. So if you have a big flag to unfold, this is usually going to be four to six girls. Um, and then they're going to stand half and half on each side as they fold or unfold the flag. Um, and so that's normally a flag that has grommets that are being put onto a flag pole. Now, if the color, if the um, flag bearer or the color bearer is um, just placing the flag in a stand, then they may not need any additional um, color guard members, or you might just have one color guard member to balance her out. Um, so you'd have one just color guard and then one specifically flag bearer, which would give you actually two color guard members in total, one being a color bearer. And so they would just be there to make sure that everything's okay, keep the flag protected, prevent it from, I don't know, falling on the floor, help the flag bearer uh, brace the flag into that stand. If they've never done it before, maybe they don't really know exactly how to push it in there, you know, whatever, just to make sure that there's a little bit of extra protection. And then the next person involved in the ceremony is the caller, which is the Girl Scout who is in charge um, Sometimes they're called the Girl Scout in charge, but it's a designated person who announces or calls each part of the ceremony. So they're the ones giving the commands. Now, to give you a little bit of more of a perspective, especially if you've never witnessed one before, um, the commands in a flag ceremony usually are basically along the lines of this. The first one is Girl Scout attention, and this announces the beginning of the flag ceremony. Then the next one would be like color guard advance. And that signals the color guard to advance with the flags or at least to advance to pick up the flags, depending on whether it's like an opening or a closing ceremony. OK, so if it's an opening ceremony, the next one would be color guard 
post the colors. And that would actually direct the color guard to place the flag in the flag stands or attach the grommets to a flagpole. Next, the command might be something like, color guard, honor your flag, or honor your colors. And that signals the color guard to salute the American flag. Most of the time, the next one is gonna be Girl Scouts, honor your colors. Um, that may or may not be a separate command, but basically that's when everyone observing also salutes the American flag. And I wanna make a quick note. Please note that the proper way for Girl Scouts to officially salute the flag is by putting a hand over her heart, just like any American citizen. Boy Scouts, much like the military, may salute with their hand to their temple, but that is not considered official or proper for Girl Scouts. I actually don't know what's official or proper for Boy Scouts. I just have seen Boy Scouts do it that way. But regardless, I'm not a spokesperson for either organization, but I obviously am a lot more familiar with Girl Scouts. And um, I do know that it is not official or proper for Girl Scouts to salute the flag with their hand at their temple. They are supposed to put their hand over their heart to honor a flag. Okay, unless you're in the military, then you do you. Okay. The next command would probably be something like, please join us in saying the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by an appropriate song or quote or poem if the girls decided that's what they want to do. If it's a closing ceremony, then um, the next command would be color guard retire the colors. Um, and that's when the color guard would remove the flags from the posts. And then color guard dismissed, which prompts the color guard to leave in formation, either with or without the flags, depending on whether it's an opening or closing ceremony. And then finally, Girl Scouts dismissed. And so that might mean that girls then leave their own formation, those who are observing, or if there's still more to be said and done, they at least can be at ease wherever they're standing to watch. Okay, one last section before I close out this episode, some quick things about flag code. The U.S. flag should ideally be at the center of the group. So if you have multiple flags, the U.S. flag ideally is going to be in the center. Also, it should always be the highest point, meaning no flag should ever fly higher than the U.S. flag. So on occasion, depending on where you are, um, the stands might be equal in height. They're not really supposed to be equal in height. But at the very least, nothing can fly higher than the U.S. flag. So just to give you some examples of some other flags that might be included, you might have like a state flag, you might have Girl Scout flag, a WAGS flag, and so on and so forth. Similarly, so related to that same rule, the U.S. flag should therefore be the first one raised and the last one removed. That way it remains the highest flag at all times. So if you're putting up multiple flags, you put up the US flag first because that will make it the highest at all times. If you raise something else first, then it's temporarily gonna be higher than the US flag, right? So the US flag has to be raised first and then also it has to be taken down last because if you started to take it down first, then when it's halfway down the pole, it's gonna be lower than the other flags, if that makes sense. So just 
the U.S. flag goes up first, it comes down last, and it should always fly the highest. Okay, when the color guard is marching, the person carrying the U.S. flag should either be at the front of the line, or if the color guard is marching side by side, the flag should always be on the marching right. The U.S. flag always needs to be hanging and displayed in the same direction with the blue part at the top on the flag's own right or the observer's left. Now, this is interesting. So when I am describing this, if you're having a little trouble with the visualization, the way you picture the U.S. flag, <laughs> that's the way that it's supposed to be hanging and displayed at all times. It is not supposed to be hanging or displayed ever in another direction. Um, sometimes some folks will make the decision to put the flag upside down, including on Girl Scout uniforms. And this is a political statement, which can be very controversial. Now, I'm not here to debate whether this is or is not an appropriate thing to do. As usual with this and so many other things, my advice is to mind your own business and to do what is important to you and leave other people alone. So if it bothers you that people do that, don't do it, <laughs> but let them be. And also try to understand why they may be making the decision to display the flag patch a certain different way. Similarly, if it is important to you to, and especially if it is important to the girl, to make that statement by putting the flag in a different direction, then, I mean, you do you and um, move on. But uh, none of us need to be playing the uniform police or the political statement police in telling other people whether what they're doing is or isn't okay. Um, it really doesn't matter, just focus on you. Focus on what's important to you about your uniform. Focus on what's important to your girl about her uniform. And then just, like, move on. But understand that some people are going to make that decision. This is a decision that some people are making. And try to understand why people are making that decision. Okay. Another flag rule, I guess. Rule. Flag code when displayed after dark, the U.S. flag should be illuminated. Also, the flag should be hoisted briskly and lowered slowly and with dignity. The flag should never be allowed to touch anything beneath it, nor should it ever be carried flat or horizontally, always aloft and free. Never use a U.S. flag as a cover or place anything on top of it. Flags should be kept clean and orderly. And finally, no disrespect should be shown to the flag at all. Now, <laughs> when I say rules, um, okay, flag code is just a general understanding and respect that we want to teach girls and encourage girls to demonstrate a level of respect by re also respecting the code. Are there going to be repercussions for not following one of these rules? <laughs> no. Um, honestly, no. 
So just um, do what you can. And that's why I share this information, because if it isn't stuff that's already familiar to you, then hopefully, I mean, it's pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward. It really is not inaccessible, but it should not be intimidating and it should be accessible to everyone. So that's why I wanted to kind of share it. So not only was this a quick introduction to the actual term color guard, but I just also wanted to cover flag ceremonies because honestly, I don't think I need to do another whole episode on flag etiquette or flag ceremonies. It's just not my particular zone of genius or my wheelhouse. So I just wanted to include quite a bit of information on the topic in this same phraseology so that you have a full comprehensive introduction to it. Now, if you want to participate or you want your troop to participate, I guess I should say, in a flag ceremony or to retire a worn flag, either as part of a civic oriented badge or just for fun and experience, I would refer you to talk to your council or your service unit for opportunities. I know that um, at events and things, um, whether it's like a big multi-troop camp out or summer camp or annual meeting or um, any of those types of events and my council, they always tend to do flag ceremonies. Also, it's pretty common in my council and I'm sure in many others for Girl Scouts to be able to attend or Boy Scouts to be able to attend city council meetings and they can lead the flag ceremony at city council meetings if they want to um, get a little bit of experience with that. So my service unit is the one who organizes our local city council meeting spots if you want to go do it. So that's why I recommend talk to your service unit, but also your council is going to know at like council wide events and they always need volunteers. They tend to get the same girls to do flag ceremonies again and again because they call on people that they know. So if you're interested in participating or your girls are interested in participating or they're working towards a badge that is related, like celebrating community or inside government, then that would be a good opportunity to pursue that. Okay, that's all I have on color guard and flag ceremonies. If your girls have participated in flag ceremonies or if they just in general love um, different types of interactions and opportunities to respect their flag and respect their colors, then go ahead and share your story in the Facebook group. You're going to want to go to facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. If you aren't already in the Facebook group, there will be a button on that page to jump inside the Facebook group. Please, if you have photo release information, share some photos with us, share some stories. How and where have your girls participated in flag ceremonies and what was their reaction to it? All right. And if this was helpful or informative at all, please jump down and leave me a quick review on Apple. It's so easy to leave a review on the actual episode when you have it up on your screen. At the bottom, there's a bunch of stars. You literally just tap however many stars you want and hit submit. You don't even have to write anything, although comments are very much appreciated because I'd love to know there are actual people, actual humans listening to this. And um, that's just really special and fun to me to get to see and read those comments. So if you don't mind, leave me a quick review and I will talk to you soon.